We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dusty Evu. With me tonight, my good friend Sarah Kelleher, and not not hosting tonight, Mr. Steve Perhatch. Guys, we're coming off the Packers win over the Bucks. A lot of people maybe seem like maybe they thought it was a loss, but it was in fact. An actual win. It was a two-point victory over the Bucks in Tampa. I'm feeling good. How are you guys doing? Steve, how are you feeling about this two-point victory over the Bucks? And just, you know, feeling in general. Man, uh, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the Packers did not get a lot of good calls in this game. I, I don't know if you've seen what? that anywhere around or anything on Twitter, but uh, apparently Tom Brady got uh, a couple of calls and. No, it was, it was a good game. It was really exciting. The Packers were able to move the ball. Like it was just, it was a good game with two very good defenses. And I guess I, I'm kind of shocked because I, I know Dusty had mentioned when we were talking before is that everybody had penciled this as a loss. Or most people had penciled this as a loss going down to Tampa. They come out, they somehow come out with a win, and people are just bitching about it. Like. I don't get it. Like, I think it's a great thing that they won. I thought they were going to lose in a close game, so they were able to, you know, swing in their way. And so, yeah, uh, overall, I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Um, 
I'm just excited to be talking to you, talking to you guys and doing and talking about some Packers football tonight. Steve Perhatch, a fan of Packers victories, guys. Everyone, you've heard it here first. Hot take, Steve. <laughs> glad you're dropping that here, Sarah. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm all right. Obviously, hurricane is is heading toward Florida, so preparing best I can. Um, it's looking like it's going to be a tropical storm by the time it gets where I'm at. So, you know, that's good. But obviously, or not good, but you know, better than what it could be. And uh, obviously, thinking about everyone who's been in, is going to be impacted by this and who has had to evacuate. You know, I have some family staying with me now, but um, yeah, it's been a crazy few days, but. Um, I've at least been able to remain positive because when I walked into work on Monday, I wore that Packers polo proud. <laughs> One of my coworkers is a Bucks fan and I knew I was ready. Um, his office is right next to mine. So I have to pass his office to get into mine. And um, as soon as I walked by, he was like, oh, the Packers got so lucky that they had to lay a game at the end of the... And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, I'm feeling really good. So you, you can't really bring me down with this mood. But Steve, I agree with what you said. You know, I there were moments where the game wasn't too exciting or that it was frustrating to watch. But at the end of the day, it's a W um, for the Packers record and they move on and against a really great defense and, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time. And any time that you can beat... Him anytime you can beat a great team like the Bucks, that's not only a win, but it's a great win. So I was very excited for the Packers, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very possible that going you know up up until the Bills game that they win every game up until that point, and that they're I think that would be, mean they're six and one. Um, so they're sitting in a really good spot right now, and I feel good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat, you know, some obviously some things it's it's the best kind of game you go into, uh, you know, a, a kind of down some weapons, you go into a tough environment, you get a win, but you still have a lot of stuff you need to talk about, a lot of stuff to clean up. So, obviously a lot of that stuff's going to be going on uh this week. We're going to be talking about some of that and looking forward to this next week here. So, I guess we'll kind of get into it a little bit here. Uh, you know, we're, we are going to be previewing Packers Patriots. This is an up, upcoming week. Packers open as a nine and a half point favorite. Uh, Mac Jones, the quarterback, went down with a what is what I've seen described as a a severe high ankle sprain. I honestly did not know there were severities of high ankle sprains. I've just always seen high ankle sprain. He is not doing well, so it sounds like Brian Hoyer is going to step in as the uh, as the quarterback, which explains the nine and a half point favorite uh, in Green Bay. Uh, the game's going to be called. We got Nance, uh, Tony Romo and Tra- Tracy Wolfson. So the first CBS game of the year, that a team that's going to be fun. Uh, just a couple things from the dope sheet on this real quick. It's a matchup of the top two teams of winning percentage since 2008. Patriots winning 71.9% and the Packers at 64.9%. And the coaching win percentage, well, guys, I think you already know. You already know. Matt LaFleur sitting at 75.4% and Bill Belichick sitting at 67.1%. The bum. The absolute bum. So that's your winning percentages coming in. Uh, We're going to get to that game in a second here. But first up, just to get your thoughts today on a... Or yesterday, I guess, and a weird Zoom call uh, that sounds like it was a it was a Zoom call for Clay Matthews promoting this Tide promotion he's going to be a part of. Uh, he announced that he is unofficially retired from the NFL. Uh, kind of, I mean, it seemed like he came out of nowhere. He's not played with uh, he's with the Rams in 2019 was the last time you were with. But uh, oh, Sarah, when you saw that, I think Rogers talked about the little McAfee, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, when you saw that news, what were your uh, what were your thoughts on that when you saw Clay Matthews retirement? <laughs> 
Yeah, and I, I don't know if I had been living under a rock, so apologies if I offend anyone, but I thought he was already retired. I, I literally did not even think about this. So when I saw it, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, good for him. Congrats. You know, he had a great career, obviously Green Bay legend, had a lot of great moments um, on the Packers and we'll see what, we'll see what happens from here. I know, like you said, Dusty, he kind of said unofficial, official retirement announcement. What does that mean? Who knows? We've seen it happen before. People, people come back, people do different things, but yeah, congrats to him. I, I, I know that, you know, he's kind of been out of the league for a few years now, but I, when you're that high level of an athlete, I think it, it does take some time to come to terms with, hey, this is not who I am anymore. And now I have to find you know, what's next in my life. We've heard Rogers talk about this and how it was football, football, fo- football for him always in the last few years. He's kind of like discovered new passions and new interests and that he's really starting to lean into those more towards the end of his career. So wish him well. Yeah, it's just it sucks when, you know, those careers come to an end because he's he was such a prolific player for the Packers. And all I can think about is, you know, the Super Bowl and some of the amazing plays that he made. I mean, I, I, all I can think of is I think that it was a Sunday night football game in, uh, in Green Bay against Dallas when he was making crazy plays, uh, I believe, returning it for a touchdown. So, I mean, it sucks that, you know, it, that's the way his career kind of tailed off. But it, it happens for most players. And, you know, you just – thank him for everything he did for the Packers and hopefully he'll um, get a little, you know, send off whether it's in the Packers hall of fame or whatever it is. I I would assume that they would want him in for that. And so you just look forward to that. Yeah. I'm kind of waiting on the one day contract uh, to retire officially as a Green Bay Packer waiting any day for that now. Um, That's a good one. Yeah. He, well, he said on the call, apparently he said, my playing days are over is kind of, that's why I say he did not say I am retired, but that's what he said. Um, couple, so Bill Huber wrote a story for SI kind of recapping some of the zoom stuff. So a couple of the notes that I really enjoyed was, uh, he said he wanted to come back in 2020, but there wasn't any real interest. And he said, I thought it was pretty telling when the games came on. I enjoyed having a beer and smoking some fatty meats on Sunday, as opposed to that feeling of anxiety on game day stars. They're, they're just like us. They are just like us. Uh, so he said he's spending more time with his wife and kids. And he's got three kids, uh, I think, from ages of three to seven. So spending a little more time with them. He's talking about kind of taking them on a tour through Lambeau at some point and doing that. And he did. He had a couple other thoughts that I really enjoyed. One of them was he mentioned his two favorite plays when he thinks back on his Packers career was the it is time play from the Super Bowl. Obviously, he said looking back on that video and seeing, you know, the late Kevin Green and all that still gives him chills. And in his rookie year, he said stripping Adrian Peterson in the Metrodome and running it back for a touchdown, which is just an all time monster play. Just rip it. Just watching a man rip a football from another grown man's arms and taking that back was just just a beast move. And the other one, he had thoughts on Quay Walker. He had thoughts on Quay Walker. He said he's playing well. I think he's playing well. He looks like a rookie with no swag. He said, he's, he's, he says, you got to get the towel hanging off just right. You got to get the right amount of tape on your wrist. He's, he's going to grow into it. He said, I like how I like what he's putting on the field. He's got to look a little better doing it. So, so Quay, uh, Clay, Clay thinks you need to step up your swag game. Apparently that's, that's where we're at. We're previewing a game and that's where we're at. Um, all right. I take it all back. I take it all back. <laughs> Screw Clay Matthews, whatever, whatever. We're done. I'm glad yeah. you're retired. Yeah, look how they did your boy, Steve. Uh, all right, uh, <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, all right, so before we get to the game, the Packers offense versus Patriots defense, we're going to stop as we do every week. Aaron Rodgers was on McAfee. It looked like another long one. I started watching a little bit of it. There was some cool stuff going on, and not get a chance to watch all of it. Sarah, you watched it. Give us uh, give us some of the highlights of Rodgers on McAfee today. 
yeah, another long show, but some good stuff. And, you know, I had DM Dusty about halfway through because um, if you do watch the Pat McAfee show, they'd recently moved into a new studio and they have some new tech. And now during the Aaron Rodgers Tuesday segments, they have the ability to pull up different plays and basically break down the plays with Aaron Rodgers. They can like write on the screen and point things out. And it was the most dusty thing ever. You like when they thought this up, they had to think, who is our tar- target audience? Oh, Dusty Evely. Okay, here we go. Um, and so I, I DM'd them. I'm like, you're going to love what's on the Pat McAfee show today. This is going to be great. Um, but, you know, another interesting week, it, there were some technical difficulties at the end. So it took, or at the beginning. So it took Aaron Rodgers um, a few tries to get on. He kept popping up on the screen. Pat McAfee would do this long introduction for him. And then he'd go, can you hear us? And he'd say, no. And they'd have to start over and do it. Um, And Pat did that three times. He came up with three different intros, essentially saying the same thing, but somehow in a different way. And it it was masterful. It was art. I don't know how he did it, but it was really awesome. Um, And once Rogers finally appeared and he could hear the boys and the boys could hear him, um, they got going right away. And he had a a Tunyon and a sun sweatshirt on, which is obviously, um, he's worn that one before on the show, but it seems like every week, you know, you got to check out which, which merch item he's wearing for his select teammate that week. Um, but you know, he talked about, um, the game a little bit to start, like they always do. He said it was a good win. Um, you know, could definitely impact seedings and things later and they don't want to you know dwell on that too much now but it is just kind of a bigger picture thing that when you look back on it you can say wow that was a really big win for us and it meant a lot in the end um they talked about the jumbotron gate and the comments that rogers made um on the broadcast after the game when they asked him you know what was happening at the end and he implied that he saw something on the jumbotron and that he alerted um, Matt LaFleur and that that could have contributed to the defensive stop on the two-point try at the end of the game. He then explained that he, it was about four plays before the two-point conversion. He saw something, didn't say what, told Matt, not sure if Matt told Joe Barry, not sure if it went up the chain and everyone said anything. And he said, you know, it's not like they flashed the playbook on the Jumbotron. I saw something. I just, I just, something was there. But he said that the question that was asked was much longer and more elaborate. And that part was cut from what ended up on the broadcast. So it seemed like they just said what happened. And he was like, oh, I saw it. And it, it was basically me. And, you know, because of me. And so he explained a little more about it. Um, I'm sure, you know, I saw people were memeing it on the game and or after the game and that Rogers had his what uh, Pat McAfee referred to as a Zen necklace. Um, So they were talking about that because Pat McAfee wore a very similar necklace on the show, um, on Tuesday's show. And Roger said it was a gift and that obviously it's a spiritual thing for him, that there's a lot of times there's prayers woven into the different beads and it was something that meant a lot to him. And so he wanted to wear it. He said, "I, I thought that it completed the outfit. And, you know, he said people were commenting on it, whatever, but I love it. And I'm going to continue to be me basically. Um, they talked about, Dobbs, of course, and Roger said before the game, I went up to him and I said, great day to catch first touchdown today. Um, And that he just kind of smiled at him, but he said he loves everything about him, loves his approach, that he's smart. He comes prepared to every practice, every session, and always has good answers to questions. And he said, most importantly, he catches the ball with his hand. 
with his hands. And so he said he's going to get a lot more opportunities, especially with Watkins um, on IR and if Christian Watson is still out for a couple of weeks. Um, so it was pretty cool to hear him praise him like that. Um, then, as I alluded to before, they went into just a really tremendous touchdown or breakdown of the Dobbs touchdown and just talking about what he saw on the play, why he made decisions that he did. It was really cool. Definitely check it out. Um, talked about Lazard, said, you know, basically praised him. It was a Alan Lazard love fest. He said he loves his story and that he thinks this is just the start of the Alan Lazard story and that when he's out there on the field, they're a much better team. Uh, of course, talked about David Bakhtiari. He said, you know, I'm so proud of him, just like I am of um, Elton for being out there the week prior. Um, he, he joked a little, which I could literally hear David Bakhtiari saying this. He said, you know, Dave was saying since he was alternating drives that he didn't realize what it was like not to be on the field for every play. Um, and that he was like, this is kind of nice. I'm starting to like this. You know, I see some guys on the on the defensive line, they switch out or, if you know, they're in nickel formation. Some of the different guys in the secondary might go on the sidelines for a couple of plays. Um, so he's like, maybe I like this. This could be for me. You know, this is this is good. And, you know, I'm getting old and I, I, I like to have a little break here and there. But, um, you know, obviously happy that that worked out. I think we were all just ecstatic to see 69 back out there. You know, looked ahead to the game. They talked a little bit about just Brady and how he used to play for the Patriots, obviously. He said he and Brady texted a little bit after the game. Um, didn't say what, but implied that they talked about that and what's next. Talked about Bill Belichick, that he's the best coach of all time and that there's just a mutual respect there between them. Um, and then they did talk about Matt LaFleur a little bit. Uh, Pat McAfee said, you know, I, I think that Matt LaFleur is a psychopath for football, that he's just loves football. He's a psycho for that. And uh, Roger said, yeah, pretty much. You know, I, I like to mess with him. I have to tell him to slow down on the headset because he gets so excited and he talks really fast and I can't understand what he's saying. So I'm like, slow down and enunciate. Please let me know what you're saying. Um, and they talked about a little bit because this has been a big conversation just around the league the last couple of days. And sadly, Sterling Shepard, uh, they could. Giants confirmed that Torres ACL um, non-contact is on turf field, just devastating because, you know, he was out with an Achilles the year prior. Um, and so they asked, you know, do you think there's ever going to be a time where the NFL regulates and they have all grass fields? You know, if you follow soccer, um, like in the Premier League, they always make sure that they have the best fields possible, that it isn't turf field. And so, you know, Roger said, ultimately, I don't know, like, would it be nice? But it is up to the owners, like the owners decide and, Unfortunately, you just never kind of know what's going to happen as long as it's in their control. So interesting discussion there because I know like players like, um, like Odell Beckham Jr. spoke up about it, said, you know, we need to get rid of turf fields. A lot of people agreed. Um, so it's just an interesting to kind of hear Rogers talk about it, too. Of course, they talked about many other things in the long appearance. But at, at the end, of course, they um, had the second book of the Aaron Rodgers Book Club for the 2022-2023 season. Um, and it is 1984 by George Orwell. Um, it's written many year, years before that takes place, and it's kind of like a dystopian. I'm going to read the uh, description. 1984 is a dystopian social science fiction novel and cautionary tale. It was published on June 8th, 1949, and... Um, and it was basically the author's final book. It's one. It's a very popular fictional book, um, and seemed like 
Rod, it was one of Roger's favorites, as a lot of these are. So that was Pat McAfee this week. Again, lots of good football talk and some breakdowns that are, if you like Dusty's breakdowns, you will love these breakdowns. Um, and then some interesting t- tidbits here and there, too. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Yeah, I, I kind of got in, and as it started going along, I, I realized I didn't have time, so I skipped forward to whenever I saw the video board. <laughs> so I watched the... Uh, the, the breakdown of the the Dobbs touchdown off the RPO there, which was which was a cool look. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. Seemed like uh, McAfee was a bit you know got, got a bit too uh, a bit too crazy with the drawing up of stuff. I'm sure he'll settle into that, or maybe he won't. Who knows? Uh, it was just there was stuff all over the place, which I can't complain about. I do the same thing, I guess. But uh, that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, good appearance overall. Um, I enjoyed what I saw of it, and thanks for the breakdown, Sarah. Uh, so now we'll get to uh, the game. So as we always do here, we're going to be looking at Packers offense versus Packers versus Patriots defense. Looking at uh, like what one thing are we looking for going into the week? Since Sarah probably needs a break from talking, Steve, we'll start with you. What are you looking at this week in terms of uh, Packers offense versus Patriots defense? Uh, you know, I'm just looking for a little bit more of, you know, we saw the first half in the Buccaneers game. Offense looked amazing. Marching down the field, marching down the field, marching down the field, two touchdowns, going in for number three, and Aaron Jones fumbles. And that was apparently the huge turning point. And so what I want to see is more from this offense. I want to see resiliency. I want to see getting punched in the mouth and coming back because that has been a trademark of Malaflora is when the bad thing happens, things crumble. And so I want to see some more from this team. I want to see, like, I'm not shocked that this is the way that the game went. Like, it's a very, very good defense. I was more shocked that the Packers were marching down for their third straight touchdown. Like, that was shocking to me on this defense. Like, that's a supremely good, one of the top five defenses in the league. So it was shocking that minus Christian Watkins, or minus Watson and Watkins, that they were just marching down the field left and right and doing whatever they wanted to. So what I want to be able to see is like, especially against the Patriots, a lesser team is to be able just to take advantage, do the things that they want to do. And if there is a little bit of adversity, I'd like to see a counter plan that I think that's the biggest thing of, it feels like whenever their Packers are doing some good stuff, then all of a sudden the defensive coordinators counter at halftime and there's no answer. So I want to see some creativity from LaFleur, from Rodgers, and, you know, also not like 12 three and outs in a row. So <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Sarah, what are you looking for? Yeah, well, first, I absolutely agree with Steve before I get into what I was, um, what I'm looking for this week. And you know, as soon as Aaron Jones fumbled, I, I tweeted because this feeling of dread just took over. And I'm like, this is going to be bad. This is what happens every time they're playing a great team. It's going to like be a repeat of what we saw in the NFC Championship game, where, or, and then also in the playoffs against the 49ers, where one bad thing happens and then it all goes to shit, essentially. And so I tweeted, you know, don't let one bad play ruin the game plan over and over again. And then at the end, I just said, don't, because I was so nervous about it. And it almost happened, but they were able to hold on. Um, but as far as what I'm looking for this week, you know, yeah, Patriots, you know, they're in de- decent defense. They always have had one, um, you know, 11th ranked overall so far this season. Um, but I really want to see if the Packers can establish the passing game this week. Um, you know, I think obviously week one, I kind of just want to chuck that out completely because it was just horrible. Um, week two, you know, we saw that was the Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon show. Um, they really established the run. And I think a lot of people watching went, oh, yeah, we forgot. You know, people keep talking about how the Packers don't have any wide receivers. But, oh, they have two incredibly talented people in the backfield. Um, and this week, um, especially on those first three drives, we really saw – lot more creativity with the passing game you know it wasn't just what so many of us call hero ball where we're we're going deep every time it was some creative route running um you know like Cobb had um some yards after the catch a couple different times and a lot of guys were getting involved in the mix and so I'm really hoping that the Packers can establish their pass passing game against the Patriots this week and I think if they can do that They'll feel really good about where they're at and just the momentum will take them so far. They'll feel good about their running backs. They'll feel good about wide receivers. I'd love to see Christian Watson back out there this week because I think this is a really good opportunity for him to hopefully get that touchdown like Dobbs feel and then earn a bit more trust with Rodgers so that they can get on the same page and also just what he's able to do. Um, he just opens up so much more for the offense as well and allows them to be even more creative too. Um, so, you know, Patriots are giving up an average of 189.3 passing yards through the first three games. And the Packers for the first three games have 228.7 passing yards. So this is looking like it is an opportunity where they can do this. It's at home where we know the Packers are always comfortable. They typically play very well. Um, so I'd really like to see them establish that and get a lot of different guys involved. 
Yeah, I dug a little too deep on this, so feel free to mute yourselves and go get a drink of water or something if you need to. Um, I wanted, there's a couple different things. I mean, it all hinges on the passing game for me as well. Um, and some of the stuff I was looking at, I kind of found myself down a rabbit hole. So right now in the league, kind of the the coverage du jour on the back end is, say, your quarters or cover two is kind of making a rise. So you've got this, this too high split field coverages to kind of take away some of the deep stuff. Patriots only running that 9.6%, running quarters 9.6% of the time. Cover two, not at all, not a single snap of cover two uh and in single high which not a whole lot of people are running they're 71 of their defensive snaps are coming in single high so beyond that 71 percent of single high and like close to 100 percent press coverage at least one guy is on press coverage like uh, nearly 100 percent of the time on their snaps uh which is just insane so they're not running a ton of stunts up front. I'm going I'm to come to a point at some point, I swear. They're not running a ton of stunts up front. In fact, they're 30th in the league. Only 10.7% of their of, of what they're running up front has any involved with, with loopers or anything like that. They've done pretty well with it. They're just not running it too much. So what I'll say is the Patriots famously do not do the same thing week over week, although it seems like they have a bit of a formula so far this year. And I think they're going to stick to that somewhat, at least early, which is going to be single high, but that one safety in the middle, just mug you at the line. If there's one thing Dobbs had a really hard time with last week and has had a hard time with so far is getting off the line against physical press coverage. The Patriots do not have very good corners as far as coverage guys, but they got guys who will mug you. They've always had guys that'll mug you. So they're going to, they're going to kind of challenge them there, make it difficult for Dobbs to get off the line. So I'm curious to see how the package are going to kind of move him around a little bit. And the other thing is on the stunts point, I think you're going to have, you're going to have a lot more of, uh, I think, they've struggled on the right side. They've always struggled on the right side Well, since since Newman was in there. Jenkins really struggled last week as well. When you get these kind of, you know, one guy smashing in one way and you get a looper coming around the end, coming to the inside, Patriots will do some really creative stuff with that, even if they don't do it a lot. I think they're going to crank that up a little bit, try to get – try to get the offensive line spread out, give them some issues, and then mug those guys on the outside to kind of throw off their timing. And the biggest thing in all of this to me is Aaron Rodgers so far this year. I know last week, last week's Aaron Rodgers average depth of target was 4.7 yards, which was tied for lowest in the league with Matt Ryan. So he's just like, I think, what was it? 16% of his throws last week were behind the line of scrimmage. Everything's horizontal right now. And they've got speed. Obviously, Watson's not out there, but Dobbs can get down the field a little bit. Like they've got guys who can do things. They're just operating in such a compressed space. I can see Belichick saying, okay, if you're going to do at some point, some team's going to do this. Belichick seems like the guy. If you're going to live this way, we're just going to compress that space. We're going to take that away from you. And at some point, you got to beat us over the top. And if they're running those stunts and if they're mugging those guys, they could make it difficult. So not saying it's going to be. You know, I still think the Packers have the weapons to beat them, but based on how they've been operating so far, this could present a, a fairly challenging matchup for them. So that's what I'm looking at. My big things are how does the offensive line hold up against the stunts? Does Aaron Rodgers push the ball downfield? And how does Dobbs get open or any of those guys, but Dobbs essentially basically says he's struggled with that, get off against some of those those press coverages on the outside. So that's that is what I'm looking for again. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole. I cut some of it out. So you're welcome. Um, we, we will now get into uh, score predictions. So last week, Sarah and I had the Packers winning. Uh, I, I think I had 17-10. Sarah had 17-14. So none of us hit it on the nose. Steve had the the uh, the Bucks winning. I think it was 28-24. Uh, so we're just, we're just keeping track of points, not wins, losses. Uh, that means Dusty and Sarah have two. Huzzah, Steve has one, boo. Uh, so we'll do score predictions uh, for this week. 
we'll start with Sarah. Sarah, what do you have uh, for your score prediction for this week? Sure. So I'm taking Packers 24, Patriots 10. Um, obviously, the Patriots are going to be a little shaky on offense. Their offense already hasn't been the greatest. And then now Mac Jones is, is going to be out. It's always tricky with the backup. And the Packers defense is really good. I mean, they looked freaking awesome. Um, and as long as they continue to play well, I, you know, I don't think anything should um, should deter me from that opinion. Um, and, you know, the Patriots have a decent defense. I think the Packers are going to be able to score um, a decent amount on them, but I don't think it's going to be an absolute blowout. So I'm taking 24-10 Packers. Steve, what do you got, man? Uh, I think I'm going to go a weird, a little bit of a weird score. I think I'm going to go 24 to nine, three field goals is what I'm thinking. I was thinking 12, but they, you know, 12 again, two weeks in a row, like eh, 24 to nine. I think that's what I'm going with for the Packers. Okay. I actually had 24, 13, but it's boring to have all of us at 24. So I'm going to take Packers. I'm going to give them a bump. I'm giving them 27, 13, uh, so we've all got the Packers this week. Uh, we've got a couple different scores there. So if it's if it's twenty four to nine, I'm gonna be real mad about it. I think. Um, <laughs> I mean, not not that mad because the Packers I can are still jump, in. I, I can guess. jump down to twenty one to nine if that helps you out. Uh, no, like, let's just keep it like twenty four. No, let's just keep it twenty four to nine. Let's keep it twenty four okay. to nine. Um, all right, and that's it. That's that's our game preview there. So uh, as we do every week, we ask for your questions as. You do every week, you deliver. So, Sarah, what questions we get this week? Of course. So, first question is from Dave Ahani, and I'm sorry if I butchered your last name. They said, question for Wednesday's, Wednesday's podcast. When the inevitable Rodgers biopic is made, Ryan Reynolds obviously plays Matt LaFleur, but who plays Rodgers and Goot? And then the food question. Do your go-to game time snacks change from September to December? Thanks for putting a smile into my Wednesdays. Thank you for that. That was very kind. Uh, Steve, why don't you take this one first? All right. So I think we all kind of agreed, like, Nicolas Cage is the answer for Aaron Rodgers, correct? Correct. Yes. Without a doubt. Okay. Okay. Uh, so then we were kind of, like, batting around Goody Kunst and who would be playing him. I looked at one of the pictures, and, you know, the way I kind of described it was – you're going to go with somebody more handsome than the actual person. So I went with Jeremy Renner where, you know, clean him up, clean shaven. Um, I could kind of see it. I think it was the hair in one of the pictures that I saw that just kind of eh, reminded me of that. Um, so yeah, I think I would go with that. And then what's your go-to snack in September versus December. Is that right? Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. um, does your go-to game time snack change from September to December? Um, yeah, I would say so. I mean, you know, I uh, now I'm trying to think about it because I legitimately made chili in September this year for football, and yeah, that probably won't change. So, no, no, it doesn't change. It doesn't change as long as it's a little bit cold outside. Then I will be making. Some sort of, well, here, I'll use the Crock-Pot. I use the Crock-Pot for whatever I'm trying to do for Sundays. Uh, first Sunday was chili. Second Sunday was a salsa chicken that made awesome quesadillas. That sounds delicious. Um, yeah, it does. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all on the same page here. Nick Cage. Um, I went for Gudikins. I went Peter Billingsley, who was uh, Ralphie in a Christmas story. He's been mainly a director slash producer now, um, but he he's friends with John Favreau. So you'll see him in, he was in Iron Man, for example, like he'll pop up and stuff. He's got, he's got kind of this face where he's got that kind of innocent, almost kind of like a smarmy looking smile. Um, that, that I, that I kind of like that I feel like would fit. So I'm gonna go Peter Billingsley and, uh, yeah, my game time snacks do not change at all. It's, uh, it's pizza or it's wings typically. Um, and that's, that's generally what we do throughout the year because I am, I'm very basic. Yeah. And I, I think as far as biopic, you guys have that covered. I, Goody is a challenging one. And you also have to think too, you know, I was thinking, okay, when is the biopic made? Because it could be made 15 years from now. So maybe you take a young actor, I'm not saying this person works, but like Tom Holland, somebody who's in their 20s, because then maybe when they're later in life, they could fit the role. Who knows? I don't know. So that one is a good one. I'm going to be thinking about that one for a while. Um, And then, yeah, I have the same answer um, as both of you here. And my go-to food doesn't really change. And part of that is because the weather doesn't really change that much in Florida um, during the fall. And so it is still hot outside in December sometimes. And yeah, I mean, the go-to, like you said, Dusty, wings, pizza. Um, But I also like to mix it up and make, you know, a crockpot chili or something every now and then. Um, But or have an assortment of dips. All of that is just wonderful. All right, our next question from John Kramer. Question for the podcast. First, Rasul played a little better outside after Jarier went out. Do you leave him outside after Jarier is back? And then second, when you're on a road trip and need to stop for food, what blue sign do you look for? So, Dusty, why don't you take this one first? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of Rasul on the inside just because it is the way the league is going with the, the slot kind of getting a little bigger in terms of, of that body type receiver. I kind of like a guy who's, who's maybe a little bigger than bigger. They're not quite as uh twitchy, like not like, you know, we saw Cole Beasley this past week. Beasley was kind of the, the old slot type, the kind of twitchy guy who could kind of, you know, go either way. Edelman, you know, obviously think of that as well. Um, the way the league's going with, with trying to sell that run a little bit more, those, those guys are bigger. And so I kind of like a bigger guy there, but at the same time, like we saw him, like you said, like John said, and I agreed after watching, you know, this game and seeing him, he he seems like he's better on the outside. And I think Stokes is better on the outside. So that's the question of, yeah, what do you do with Jair? I like Jair as a slot. I mean, you're pretty much going nickel all the time anyway. You're going to have three backs out there. Um, I don't love him a little closer to the action as far as the run plays, just because that shoulder injury that he had worries me a little bit. But he's going to have to tackle guys anyway. Um, he's, you know, maybe he's taken on more out of the slot. So that still gives me some concern. But I like, I, th- I think it was yesterday on pack a day was uh ross uglum was, was said saying something to the effect of listen he's an instinctual heady player if he's in the slot and he's basically that joker that woodson was playing brother you could do a whole lot worse than that so it once uh say well, if jair's back this week i do think i like uh, just seeing how rasul and stokes do on the on the outsides put jair on the slot move around he's your chess piece just put him in the best position to make plays and i i don't hate that even a little bit um when i'm on a road trip i need to stop for food what sign do i look for um i'm i have two children uh and so they they tell me what i look for uh typically what it is is uh it's it's usually it's usually wendy's uh because they have really good chocolate chip cookies that's that's essentially where i'm at right now I uh, see. You shocked me. I thought I thought you would have went golden arches. That would have been my guess. That would have been my guess. <laughs> they so. like the cookies at Wendy's better, Steve. That's okay. that's, that's, that's what swings it. That's fair. Do they get a toy at Wendy's? No, no. They just get they uh. they just get chicken nuggets. They don't care about the toys there. You know, they don't care about those cheap toys. They just want the chicken nuggets, man. 
Yeah, my kid. All my kids care about is the toys. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so, um, no, I think with Rasul, I, I honestly like I I trust the defensive coordinator to put them in the right position. Like I know it's very difficult to say after the first week in Justin Jefferson going bananas and everybody freaking out, but like I feel like there's been adjustments made. Like and I feel like week to week it's going to be different where you want to put these guys. And so if they're all healthy, like they're going to be all over the field and and I'm okay with that. And you know, I'm not a defensive coordinator. So if they feel like the, the the Rasul Douglas is better in the slot in week seven versus week eight, like I'm going to trust them on that one. So, um, and then where am I stopping on a road trip? I mean, if it's in Wisconsin and I see a quick trip, Man, that's where I'm going. That's uh, they've got every single thing you need. They've got great hot food. Like their burgers are shockingly underrated, um, and they've got you know anything, anything, and everything that you can need is at Quick Trip. Yep, and you guys pretty much said it all. You know, as far as Rasul, I'm I'm not really worried about how he's going to progress this year, and I think. The team is best when both of them are out on the field, obviously. Um, and that, you know, he might have looked a little rusty at some points, but that it'll shake out when it needs to shake out. Um, and as when I'm on a road trip and I need to stop for food, what blue signs do I look for? So it depends. If I'm going north in Florida, it's Bucky's. Bucky's is an insane place. They have it, it's I don't even where, know how to describe Where does that do you know where that stops? Because I've I've heard all about this place it's like the most amazing gas station ever right it's almost like a mini mall that is a gas station (laughs) because you just walk down it and it feels like you're just going down this long corridor that never ends and there's merchandise and um the bathrooms they have like award-winning bathrooms they're like all fancy (laughs) and they have all this technology it's really cool but i don't know where it ends i want to say maybe like georgia south carolina something something to along the lines of that. So if I'm going north in Florida, it's definitely Bucky's. Anywhere else, it would probably be a Wawa, which is similar, you know, not as crazy, but they have great food there, good smoothies. Um, so it would be one or the other. But they're all kind of in the same realm, and I, I would say they're in the Quick Trip family too. You know, I do know they, ju- they just got one in Tennessee. I've got cousins in Knoxville, and they just got a Bucky's outside of Knoxville. So they're, I think they're, okay. they're, they're creeping up a bit maybe. Yeah, when we went to the Jacksonville game last year, my dad was determined that on the way back, we had to stop there. He's like, we have to go. We, we have to go into the Bucky's. I'm like, well, I'm going to stay in the car and write my game recap because I'm on a hot spot trying to turn this in before, you know, he's like, okay. So he and my brother and my boyfriend went in there and no joke, they were in there for like 30 minutes. So I got a lot of work done while they were in there, which was helpful. Nice. I mean, I've seen videos like it looks like it's just an insane. It's almost like Walmart where they just have every single thing humanly yes. possible there. And there are so many people in there. And like the the one thing I don't like about stopping there is that it takes forever to get out because there's so many cars and there's a big line and they're all trying to turn back onto the little street to get back onto the highway. And it's just, I digress because we're getting off topic. But if, if you've been to a Bucky's, you know. Now, all right. Next question is from at J underscore train 33. With a rash of injuries to offensive tackle around the league and not saying I would do this, what is the price you think the Packers couldn't refuse for Yash? A second question mark? A first? Steve, what do you think about this? We kind of talked about this a little bit beforehand, and Dusty had proposed it, and I think I I really agree, is 
I think it's a first right now. The tackle market is so insane. Like people are getting signed off practice squads and he's a proven commodity. Like legit, he's a starter level tackle. And if you, it's, it's the last year of his contract and I get that. But if somebody really, really needs a tackle and they really, really want to pry him away, like it's a first for me. Like, I think that makes sense. And I mean, maybe he won't be back with the Packers next year, but I mean, he's been playing well. He, he's, you just with Bakhtiari being the way he is like the depth is huge for the Packers. And if somebody really is trying to pry him away, I think it's a first. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that's what we talked about ahead of time. And I, I absolutely agree. I think if it goes a little further down the road and Bakhtiari can show that he can play every single down and you feel like you can get, you know, a little something out of him. If Yash isn't going to be there, you're not going to pay him next year. Then, then maybe you lower that price tag. But now with Bakhtiari and you're not sure of his situation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a first is, I mean, the minimum it takes for me, I think right now. Uh, and, and, and if you, if they, someone offers you a first, then you take that and say, thank you very much. And then you hope Bakhtiari is healthier. You figure it out down the road. Um, Cause you're not going to resign him next year likely. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where it goes well. Alrighty. Next question is from Mike Kawano. They want to know two part question. What is the first true splash play that the Wii fence makes this year? He thinks that they're going to block a point after attempt or field goal sooner than later. And he said, watch Stokes off that right side edge. And then the second part of the question is, what is one food that you are that you guiltlessly eat cold? Mine, uh, trigger warning, mine is pork chop <laughs> fat. Don't judge until you've tried it. Mike, buddy, I love you so much, but that that that's serial killer nonsense, man. Like, no, I like. Listen, I love bacon so much. I if I even try to eat bacon cold, like I, I'm like, no, this is this is against the laws of of God and man. I cannot do this. Pork chop fat. I you say don't judge it till you try it. I'm judging you right now, brother. <laughs> Again, I love you, man. I'm judging you right now. Um, first two splash play. Yeah, I I like. Um, I know he watches a lot of stuff, so so stokes off the right side edge. I I would like to see that. That'd be cool. I'm gonna go with just the way those those gunners. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Steve. Flyers. The way those flyers. The way those flyers are working. Um, just some coverage because you know, the guys, it depends on the team. A lot of guys will be very conservative about the fair catch. We saw that from Mario Rogers a little bit this past mm-hmm. week. Um, but some guys will be a little aggressive and you'll get that catch and the bang, bang catch turn. And then someone hits you on the punt return. The way Rudy guy, Rudy Gay is flying around. Rudy Gay. It's not Rudy Gay. It's Rudy Ford. Um, Ford. The, the way Rudy Ford, Rudy Gay used to play basketball. Um, the way Ford's <laughs> flying around, I could see a, a catch. That's not a fair catch. Ford comes flying in and just knocks that ball loose. So I'm going to say, uh, I'll say a fumble on a punt is kind of the first true splash play that I'm looking at. Oh, and, and guiltlessly eat cold again, basic pizza. It's just, it's, it's pizza. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I don't know, Mike, I don't, I, I'm judging him quite a bit with this whole pork chop fat thing. And I know you said, don't knock it till you try it, but I don't know when I'm going to have pork chop fat to be cold, eating cold, cold to be eating cold. So, um, you know, Just whatever out of, a, out of a bowl with a spoon, Steve, <laughs> that's, um, that's a tough pill. That's a tough fat to swallow. Um, um, splash play. I don't know. Like, 
I feel like Amari Rogers is is getting there. I know it's crazy because, as Dusty said, like the fair catch with nobody within thirty yards of him, that also was a tough pill to swallow. Everybody I was watching with my dad, and he's like, "What the freak is this guy doing?" And I'm like, "I don't have an answer for that. I don't know why he didn't run that one back." Uh, but I mean, the the return from when they were punting from the end zone, like the second return right after that, and you know, penalties all messed it all up, but he's running North and South. And that's a huge thing, which is really good. So like, I feel like that's going to be the first place. Like there's going to be one that breaks. So the Packers need like a, a punt return. It's hasn't happened in a long time. So I think that'll be the, the thing that breaks. And then as far as cold leftovers, Dusty, yep, absolutely pizza. And I think Sarah and I talked about this a little earlier too, was subs like subs can be really good. Like the second day Uh, for whatever reason, sometimes they can be even better. Like if I have a subway sub and I eat, you know, a foot long and I eat uh, two thirds of it and save the other half for the next day, that's, that's, that's really good. So uh, that, that would be my answer outside of pizza. All right. I'll, I'll go reverse since we're, you just talked about food. So mine would be, I mean, I agree with both of those. Those are great. Um, but if you have um, breaded chicken tenders, whether you got them from. I knew it. I knew, I knew this was coming up. <laughs> I, I knew that you were Publix. <laughs> No, I did not say that. I did not say that. I was going to say breaded chicken tenders or popcorn chicken Um and sometimes they're just good cold. Like you have it in the carton and you might have gotten it warm from the store and you eat it and then you don't finish the whole carton and you have it in there. I have many times just thrown them in my lunchbox for work and I'll have them with chips and carrots or whatever. <laughs> do you really just say lunchbox? <laughs> the what little, do you have? It's tur- Ninja Turtles with a thermos. <laughs> What do you pack for work when you bring one? No, you listen, I'm not going to make fun of her. I, 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 will take, I also take a lunchbox. <laughs> I mean, you act like that was an uncommon thing. Oh, whatever. Um, and then I don't even remember where I was at. Oh, okay. I was talking about lunch and putting the cold chicken in there. And then what's the first true splash play that the Wee Fence makes this year? Um, hmm. And you guys had two good ones. I don't know. I think that maybe there's a missed field goal and it comes up short and they return it for a touchdown. Ooh, I like that. So I like that. Well, you know, doubtful, but a girl can dream, right? Okay. Next question from friend of the show, Gage Bridgeford. Uh, And he wants to know what O-line combination would you want the Packers to use moving forward? I think Yash has earned a starting spot, even if it's not a tackle. Personal preference is 69, 73, 71, 76, 74. Dusty, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I mentioned earlier the the um, some of the twists up front and the stunts kind of giving the Packers problems. And I I know, you know, I'm not I'm not ragging on the guy um, because, you know, he's, he's coming back from injury as well. And I feel like he's he's made he's moving pretty well. I think Elton Jenkins has been struggling over at right tackle. He's been missing some stuff. Seems like there's, and that's, you combine that with like Royce Newman over there on the right side who had problems with stunts all last year. That's two guys. There was one that was that, that slot fade to Lazard, the, like the big, the, the biggest pass play of the game that Rogers hit Lazard on. Uh, that was, 
there's a there's a play there that Jenkins doesn't bump out like he's supposed to. And I think there's a stunt on the inside. Either way, Newman and Jenkins just are blocking the same guy. And there's there's a guy off the edge that's completely free. And stuff like that has happened more than I would like. And Jenkins got beat a little bit, uh, you know, just a few times in one-on-one stuff. And Shaq Barrett's good. But also, you know, Elton Jenkins, not really used to seeing that from him. So I kind of don't love him at right tackle, especially not now. Um, so I'm going to combine that with the run game that the Packers are using, they're going more power than they have in, la- in previous years. I didn't look at the numbers from this past week, but they had been doing their power run games, like pulling a guard, pulling two guards, pulling the center and a guard um, made up like 5% of their run game last year. And it's 25% this year. So all that being said, I would go Bakhtiari left tackle Runyon, Myers in the center. I'm putting Jenkins at right, at right guard and then Yasha at right tackle. The caveat being, we don't know how Yasha is at right tackle. It seems like all of his, all of his sets that he's running are at left tackle, even the practice stuff. So we don't know if he's going to do any better than Elton, but I'd prefer that just because again, Elton's struggling a little bit on the, on the right tackle side. And also with the amount that Packers are pulling those guards, getting Elton Jenkins, an athlete like Elton Jenkins out in space on those pullers, kind of kicking out those linebackers, kicking out the, the corners on some of those power runs. Uh, I think would be a, a great use of his talent. So that's the way I would go on the on the offensive line alignment. And I would say if you are willing to pay Elton Jenkins top guard money, put him at guard, have Yash at right tackle, have Bakhtiari at left tackle as long as he's ready to go um, and can play the whole game um, and, and kind of go from there. Like, uh, we'll, we'll kind of see where it goes. If, if they're going to let Yash go after the end of this year and then, and then pay Elton, you know, top tier money and kick him out to right tackle next year. Sure. Let's do that. But there's gotta be a way that you can get some of these top tier guys, like all there together. That's kind of my thought behind it. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. I think that gives, gives the people enough insights there. So and I know we're... We've been going for a little bit, so on to the next question. Um, another two-part question from It's Randall Cobb again. And they want to know, when Devondre Campbell smacked the ball down on the second on the second point, on the two-point try, did you jump up and down with joy, hugging everyone and saying, we beat Brady, or are you normal? And then a more serious question, which Packers player has a huge game against New England? So, Dusty and Steve have been doing a lot of talking, so I'll go first. Um, when the two-point conversion failed, I said, you know, let's go. And then I, I actually said out loud, we beat the Bucks, Yay! Um, and, um, but I was also a little nervous. You know, I didn't know 
it's Tom Brady. He has a lot of voodoo going on. Where it was a play? Was there going to be a flag? Who knows? Um, but yes, I was very excited. You know, as I mentioned, living in Florida, this one meant a little more to me. It means more to beat a Florida team. Um, and then which Packers player has a huge game against New England? I'm going to say Alan Lazard. I love what I've seen from Alan Lazard and talked about how I want the pass game to come to life a bit more. And I think, you know, he's really an anchor point in that. So I think he's going to have a big day. Steve, what about you? Yeah. Uh, as far as who has the big game this week against, um, against the Patriots, I'm going to go with Rashawn Gary, like, especially being at home, hopefully he'll get a couple like he was all over the place in that Bucks game. And I mean, there you see, you've seen the screenshots, everybody's seen the screenshots from Twitter. The man was being held on like every single play. And so if he's at home and getting some of those calls, maybe they don't hold him as much. And he's all over Axel Brian Hoyer and taking taking him down. Uh, if he can get two sacks in this game, I'd say that's a big game for him. So I would say Rashawn Gary would be my pick there. And then um, what happened to the Bucks game? Like Sarah said, I was actually waiting on a penalty flag. I, I was happy that there was a defective pass and – uh, it looked like some really great coverage from Darnell Savage, and I wouldn't have thought there would have been a flag there, but if that ball goes through and it's incomplete, I'm holding my breath. So that was the kind of thing. I, I was excited, but I was bated breath. I was like, is this a, okay? Uh, oh, they won. Okay, they won. Okay, cool. So that's kind of how my reaction went. Yeah, anytime you see two guys uh, like the the defender and the receiver on the ground, even if, like you said, the replay showed that was really good coverage, uh, you kind of wait for that flag, and especially against the Bucks, you you certainly wait for that flag. So, uh, so yeah, I was in the same boat. Um, just just I, I had fingers crossed, sitting there waiting to celebrate until I was sure there was no flag. Um, and then yeah, uh, which Packers player? And then I was like, well, they got to do an onside kick now, and then all the PTSD that comes with that. So you know, just just a whole whole glut of emotions there. Um, and Packers players are huge against New England. I'll go, um, and we haven't seen. I guess I'll give two just because we haven't seen the, the injury stuff. I'll go. I'll go Watson. I'll go Christian Watson if he's healthy. Just because, again, I think at some point, or I know at some point, the Packers are going to have to start pushing the ball down the field uh, to make defenses back up, or else they're just going to start getting squeezed with the way they're attacking teams. So if Watson's healthy, I think this could be the game. In the games he was playing, he was open like on legitimately almost every single one of his downfield ones. It's just absolutely cooking guys. So I think if Watson's healthy, it's Watson. If Watson's not healthy, it's likely Aaron Jones, just because of the way they've been kind of running this offense. And I think the pieces that New England has, I think they can kind of attack uh, attack that way. All righty. And we, we've made it. Our final question from Matt Pickett. Part one, weird stuff happens when backup QBs jump in. Any concerns about that this week? Also, what's your favorite non-Packers backup QB game ever? And food, when the store doesn't have your favorite Oreo, what's your backup pick? So, Steve. Uh, I'm not worried. No, uh, not this time. The defense is legit. And so I don't see them having a problem with the Patriots led by Brian Hoyer. So not worried about that. Favorite backup game of all time. That's got to be Frank Reich for the Bills and the playoff game. Just iconic. And I remember watching that game as a kid. So it was uh, some fun memories from that one. And then I had an answer if they don't, if they, uh, 
don't have the Oreos that I wanted. And it's actually going to change now because I thought about something else is if they don't have the Oreos that I want, I'm going to go over to like the deli section and see if they have one of those mini cheesecakes that has like four different flavors of cheesecakes. And then you can get a little taste of everything. So I had one of those the other week and it was pretty outstanding. Yeah, I'll go. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm nervous just because I'm always nervous before a game and, and there's some of that unknown and blah, 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 but it's Brian Hoyer, man. And so it was discovered this week. His name, his actual name is not Brian Hoyer. It's Axel Edward Brian Hoyer. Brian is his second middle name, um, which is just insane. Um, I, I, I very much enjoyed Steve's take on it was they called him Axel and then he got to a certain age and his parents were like, you're Brian. You're not, you're not an actual. Um, so thoroughly enjoyed that. I was looking at his numbers. I mean, he's been in the league for forever. Um, obviously with New England in 09, and he's back with New England now. And he had the, he was a bear starter for a minute. I think he had a season there. I think he started only a handful of games. Uh, but kind of look at me. The last time he threw uh, actual passes uh, outside of like garbage time was 2017 uh, with San Francisco. He was 0 6 and then QB win, blah, 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 blah. Completed 58% of his passes. Uh, on 205 attempts, four touchdowns, two interceptions. Not great, man. Not great. And so, I, and just based on the way the Patriots are running this stuff, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried uh, about the offense. Um, obviously, they they still can do some things, but I'm not I'm not really worried about them just because it's if it was the unknown, that's one thing. I was worried about Joe Webb for a minute in a playoff game. So I was like, oh, what if he runs? And I was like, oh, he's Joe Webb. Like he can't throw. It doesn't matter. Um, but there's always that the fear of the unknown. But Brian no, Brian Hoyer is very much a known. Um, so it doesn't worry me that much. And the backup is uh, if they decide to go backup, back, backup is Bailey Zapp, who is Eastern Kentucky guy who can't throw further than like ten yards down the field. So uh, I'm not not super worried about either of those guys, even if they go Zapp or Zappy. I think it's that um, uh, favorite non Packers QB game. And I'll go with, um, I go Coy Detmer. Coy Detmer is the lesser of the Detmers um, obviously, but he played for a while in the league. He was a backup for the Eagles for a while in 2002. They went up against the Niners. Uh, Donald McNabb was injured and Coy Detmer was playing the game of his life. He was 18 for 26, 227 yards, two touchdowns. They ended up roasting the Niners on the day. He ended up getting injured. I think it was a concussion or something. And it was, I think AJ Feely ended up finishing the game. So his numbers could have been better, but he was like through the first half, that dude was cooking, man. Like he looked tremendous. I'll go, I was, I think it was a Monday night game, if I'm not mistaken. So I'll go Coy Detmer because uh, that was a fun game. And I like, I like talking about Coy Detmer when I get a chance. Um, and if they don't have my favorite Oreo, I go the box of famous, famous cookies, those little mini famous, famous cookies. They've never missed, man. They've yeah, never those missed. Are good. Those are good. Yeah, and for me, I'm I'm also really not concerned about the backup play this week, um, especially with the Packers defense looking as as good as they have. Um, you know, if there are any looks that maybe they didn't get and things that surprise them, I think they'll adjust pretty quickly and, and take care of, of business. Um, and then for me, as far as a backup game from a non-Packers player, it's not really a game, but I guess it's just a backup quarterback run, and that's Nick Foles coming in and you know winning Super Bowl, beating Tom Brady. I think that's just pretty awesome and it's a it's a neat story you know if you're a fan of sports if you're a fan of football it was just something that kind of blew you away when you saw it um and then if there are no oreos uh what my go-to a good backup is the chewy or soft however you, you whatever you call it uh chips ahoy um those are delicious um and they're also very very addicting and you can go through a whole sleeve similar to oreos very quickly um but 
you know, thanks everybody as always for sending in questions this week. Really appreciate it. And just seems like every week in the season they get uh, more thoughtful and we have to think even harder because they're so good. Um, so thank you. Um, and we're, we'll close it out as always with final thoughts. So Dusty, why don't you start? Yeah, just my normal stuff. Um, so some videos kind of running around. I did one on a couple RPOs. I'll be writing something up on that later today as far as their usage. I'm trying to do that every week. I did something on a couple crosser uh, concepts they did. So that that's up now. That video is kind of up and around. I think I'm doing a couple more throughout the week. But we'll see how that goes. And then for writing stuff, yesterday at Pack Report, um, I wrote about Preston Smith blowing up that reverse, which is tremendous. Heady play, getting to that mesh point and batting the ball while it was in the air and kind of looking up. But they... Man, the Bucks have that set up pretty well on the other side, so who knows what happens if, if Preston doesn't do that. But I wrote that up. Uh, that was yesterday. Today at Pack Report, I've got something on uh, a Lazard third down, kind of this this split field read and what Rodgers was looking at before the snap and then after the snap and how that changed and what they set up. So that'll be at Packer Report today. And then a Cheesehead to DV today, I wrote up uh, four instances of – the drift strike drift strike concept that the Packers ran this past week. Um, they did. It's kind of has been a big part of their arsenal in the floor era. They really took off last year and it's been kind of their only consistent one. That's, that's kind of a, a big hitter, big ish hitter, you know, 15 or 20 yards so far this year. So I wrote about their four instances of that. Um, and that'll be up on Cheesehead later today. Right. And Steve. Um, so I just have a, I guess a thank you to, to everybody who listens. And then moreover to Dusty and Sarah here. I, today was a rough day for me. I actually got a finalized my legal separation and, um, it's been going on for almost a year now. And Dusty and Sarah have been amazing and have been there whenever I needed it. Let me just kind of jump in and out. If I'm having a bad day, if I'm not able to participate, whatever, it's no problem. They're able to take care of it. So number one, just a huge thank you to you guys for just being good friends. And uh, it's been, I know I'm not able to say it all the time, but like it, it just is, I'm very appreciative to you two for, for always being there for me whenever I need it. And then uh, to everybody who listens, like, I know we always talk about like DMs being open and um, you guys being able to reach out to us um, because you never know what's going on in somebody else's life. Well, this has been a huge thing for me for the last year where I've been able to talk about the Packers and take my mind off of things going on in my personal life. So thank you guys for listening. It it means more to me and to these two that you guys, than you guys know um, clearly. So Thank you for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Um, and um, yeah, Sarah, let's talk about some football and something else. Now, so. <laughs> well, first of all, we love, love you, man. Steve. And you know that. And we're always here for you. And you know that. And or we know that if either of us were dealing with a challenging situation, that you'd have our back and you'd help us through it. And and that's why we're, we're there for you, because that's what good friends are for. And, you know, we're I feel lucky to know you both and do this with you guys. And, you know, you're, we think the world of you. So we're always here and you don't have to thank us because we know you, you do the same. Um, But my final thought is not kind of talked about before a little scary time in Florida. So, you know, if you're listening in Florida, if you have family, friends in Florida, just know that I'm thinking of you. I hope everything is okay. I hope that you're prepared and, um, if you needed to evacuate, that you evacuated. Um, and, you know, we're we're going to ride this thing out together. And hopefully it's it's not as bad as it looks. But um, 
let's just, you know, let's try to be, be kind, be there for each other. Um, like Steve mentioned, you never know what people are going through. We don't know what this is going to mean for a lot of people, especially on the West coast of Florida. Um, and it, it kind of caught me off guard. It's pretty late in storm season. You know, I thought, Oh, we made it through another year. Not like, you know, hopefully nothing really bad happens. Um, but we'll get through it. I'm glad I got to do this too. You know, just something else to think about and not watching the news all the time and going, Oh, the path is changing. It's, it's shifting closer and closer to Orlando. <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll, we'll make it through. We'll, we'll work it out. We'll survive the power outages, the, you know, whatever craziness happens. And, um, yeah, that's why, that's why we do this. We're family, we're here. Um, and the Packers community is always great and has everyone's back. But yeah, if you're in Florida thinking of you and, um, you know, if you need to talk, let me know because we'll be, uh, sheltering for the next few days and I'll have a lot of spare time (laughs) but as always thank you all for listening we will talk to you next week be sure to follow us on twitter at dusty evely at steve perhatch at sarah kelleher for and of course at pack a day podcast we will see you next week and as always go pack go is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done